When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Moments That Rock, a proud member of the Pantheon Group of Podcasts and home to a plethora of wonderful music-based podcasts. I'm your host, Tony Michaelidis, and after spending some 30 years in the music industry and working with some of the world's leading artists, I've finally been paroled, adopted by Pantheon and sharing some amazing stories from some equally amazing people. Moments That Rock is that moment where artists and music industry insiders share moments that rocked their world. That's right, because I said it. So welcome to Moments That Rock, part of the Pantheon group of podcasts. Um, today's guest, I decided to devote the whole show to Peter Hook from... Uh, well, to remind him, he used to, used to be in New Order and Joy Division. Um, he'll, he'll tell you the story himself, but he was uh, nothing short of totally knackered. And uh, I won't surprise you with the end. Um, but me and Huggy go back 40-odd years, so there's great memories. And uh, I decided to just let this roll, because it's kind of like a fireside chat. If you could see it, he's laying in bed. Um, <laughs> fortunately, the, only the top half is visible. And sometime I'll put it on YouTube. But I need to learn how to video edit first. But um, on with the show, as they say. I will play the usual jingle. So what am I doing? You're just introducing yourself. My name's oh, Peter right, Hook. Okay. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> okay, well, uh, my name's Peter Hook. As you can see, I'm in bed because I'm jet-lagged from uh, an international rock and roll lifestyle, which, uh, funnily enough, gets less rock and roll the older you get. Um, so, yeah, I began. I suppose I should do for this for Tony's benefit. Uh, I began in 1976, and incredibly... Uh, I'm still a uh, jobbing musician, as we say, now. And I'm here in Mexico with my new group, Peter Hook and the Light, playing Joy Division to um, 60,000 Mexican fans. Yeah, sold out. It's weird. Not my fans, of course. I wish they were. Um, we're, we're on a bill with the Smashing Pumpkins and Interpol. So, yeah, it'll be quite interesting. And as BA managed to lose all my equipment yesterday again, um, we've had great problems today trying to get... Um, that's the trouble with being a little bit different with what you play and what you do, is that it's very difficult to get um, stuff to fill it in. So, yeah, so it's all sat in Heathrow on the tarmac, I believe, my stuff. So there you go. Interesting. Well, you did used to be in Joy Division and New Order. We'll just throw that oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if anybody doesn't know that, <laughs> we're in a sorry state out. God, man. So you, you're here, sir, although you're very knackered, so I do appreciate you being here. So you've had plenty of moments, sir. 
Um, obviously, I know a lot of them. Um, so you don't have to. <laughs> you include... were there for a lot of them, yeah. Well, I was going to say, so, oh, you don't have to have those. I know the biggest moments in your life involve me, but we won't go there with those things. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, Mister Hooksa, um, pivotal moments in your career. Oh my God! I suppose the the, the obvious pivotal one is seeing the Sex Pistols. In 1976, on the 4th of June, um, and I'd never, ever considered being in the music business before that. Not that I'd thought in my naive judgment that the Sex Pistols were in the music business. Um, sadly, I suppose history has shown that they fell foul of the normal business that most of us fall foul of. And I must uh, admit it is called music business, not music friends. Uh, I do think you have to do remember that. So, uh, yeah, that was my pivotal moment. I mean, I've had a, yeah, a few pivotal moments, I suppose. God, it's awful to sort of write them off in that way. I suppose Ian Curtis's uh, very sad demise would be another pivotal moment, which reclining here as i am in my um hotel bedroom um seems a bit flippant to um to to talk about but yeah forming new order another one you know new order breaking up over and over again uh always other ones because it led you to other things the the final breakup in 2007 when we split completely uh yeah another pivotal moment that led to a lot of anger and frustration was when they reformed without me um so yeah i mean there's been too many to uh i should write a book <laughs> you should write a book. <laughs> i should write three books you've written um, several books we know yeah, that <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah you don't need to ask me anything then yeah well no i'm gonna this is turning into an interview so i'm gonna ask you things so you so you won't fall asleep mm-hmm. um but basically um I will be doing a different podcast, but I'll talk to you about that another time about like how things used to be and stuff. But uh, people, what about people that have been your heroes? I mean, for me, I talk about, you know, my stories about working with people whose records I'd bought as a kid, i.e., you know, Bowie buying Ziggy Stardust as an 18-year-old and working with him. That doesn't happen to a kid from the north of England, you know. So are there things that have happened to you where you've been in the company of people that you never thought would have happened? <laughs> Uh, the the weird thing is is that I'm not very good at meeting people in this business. Um, whenever it's sort of offered, I especially if they're my heroes. Uh, I got offered to meet Iggy Pop a long, long time ago when a friend of ours was tour managing him, and I just couldn't go. I couldn't go. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And yeah, I'm just really bad at it. We were on the train, you know, the bullet train to um, Fuji Rocks. And Barney went for a piss and came back and said, oh, Neil Young's in the next carriage. Should we go and say hello? And I was like, Neil, you go and say hello to Neil Young. Are you crazy? I was like, no chance. And I went needing the toilet, you know. Um, so I'm not very good at that. I suppose my pinnacle moment would be I'd had a mad night with Primal Scream in Glastonbury. And we were recording at Real World. And um, I ended up getting to bed about 8 o'clock in the morning. And I was really bad you know was absolutely shattered and hung over and everything and i thought i'm not eaten for a day or something you know so i thought oh man before i go to sleep you know i should have something to eat i thought i know i'll go down to the breakfast room in real world where everybody used to congregate but we it was only us lot that were in supposedly so anyway i, I went down i was very shaky 
I got myself a bowl of cornflakes, you know, like made the mistake of putting the milk in. So when I had to walk to the table, I was like focusing on this bowl of cornflakes and really nervy, you know, because everyone was there, had my dressing gown on and all that. Lot. So anyway, I find the seat, sits down, looks up and fucking Lou Reed sat there. Oh, my God. I just got up and went back to bed, left the cornflakes there. I don't know what he thought. Um, but I thought I just can't handle that <laughs> at this point in time. You just reminded me. That reminds me of a of a benefit that you two do gig did in um at the old G Max, and I've stood on the mixing desk with Peter Gabriel, Lou Reed, and Chrissy Re- and Chrissy Hyde. <laughs> well, that's a scary moment, isn't it? You never know what to say. I mean, I, I remember the highlight of my life once was when we went to the Brit Awards really early on when the Brit Awards were like nothing. And we shouldn't have been at the Brit Awards because we hadn't been invited. But the um, uh, Martin Usher, what was his name? God, the promoter that used to do our gigs, he did Reading. I can't remember his name now. God bless him. Um, nice guy. He said, well, just come along. I'll get you in. So anyway, we, we bung, bummed along to this Brit Awards, you know, just for free drinks. And Sting held the door open for me. And I was made up. Yeah, well, Sting held the door open for me, and then years later, when I was there with the same guy, actually, I must, uh, I must figure out his name. It'll probably come to me as soon as I fall asleep in a minute. Um, he he said to me, "Come and meet Paul," and I went, "Paul who, mate? Paul who?" And he went, "Paul McCartney." So he's a very good friend of mine. I went, "No, no chance." It's just one of those weird, weird things. My wife tells me off for it all the time. You know, well, I, I get told off of those things as well. That's what not that's being what, social. It's funny yeah. actually because when you're bored, you should go and listen to a few of these things. Because I got Radcliffe <laughs> talking about introducing Bowie on stage at Old Trafford, and he'd been in, you know, he'd been drinking all day because he was just hanging around. And he said, "When you introduce somebody on stage, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of introducing you on stage in Tampa." Um, he says the secret is to get on and off as quick as possible because they're there to see the act. And uh, he said that day the Manchester Evening News was ten p. Uh, and I just kept going on and on and on about it. And it took me 10 minutes to introduce Bowie. And, um, and he said, at least after the show, everybody knew that that night, the Manchester Evening News was 10 pence. <laughs> now, it's funny, though, isn't it? Because I'm probably one of the only people that pays for the Manchester Evening News. <laughs> Every time I drive to still do, uh, still read it. In fact, just for your delectation, um, I, I never go out anywhere without one. No, oh, there we go. Rashford Brothers, what? <laughs> Rashford Brothers Gun Raid Terror. Mass gang facing years in prison. They got held at gunpoint somewhere. Marcus uh, Rashford. So, uh, yes, I, n- I never travel without an evening news. Uh, and I leave them in the most strange places. Uh, <laughs> I left one on the table downstairs that, that I read at breakfast, just so when someone's walking through, they go, what the hell's the Manchester Evening News doing in Mexico City? <laughs> oh. You've done them, um, obviously you've done touring all your life, you know. Have, have mm. you ever met? David Bowie and people like that on the same no. bill. And, mm. no. It's no, funny no. you mentioned Neil Young because I did in McNabb a few weeks ago and uh, Neil Young's like his hero, you know, and he, he supported him in Liverpool. He said, what can get bigger than that, supporting your hero in your hometown? He said, so, I, well, there's two of them, actually. He said, he said, so I went over to introduce myself and uh, he was with, um, is it um, Elliot Roberts, his manager? I can't remember. But he uh-huh. said he was he, he introduced himself and he, he said, and I said, uh, when are you getting back with Crosby, Stills and Nash? And of course, oh. they both laughed and he said, I can't believe I said that. Oh, my, <laughs> the, well, that's why I don't do it. But the other one, the other one, 
Okay, was when when he um this was again Ian. He said uh, he supported Dennis uh, Dennis Brian Wilson and he's why Wilson is known as a bit of a wacko, you know. Oh. Uh, and he he went over and shook his hand and said, "Mr. Wilson, just like to say I've been a great fan of yours forever. You, you probably don't know about support you tonight, you know." Uh, and I was surprised he lent his hand out and shook his hand and uh, you know and he, he so he reached out, shook my hand and went, "Security, security." <laughs> <laughs> See, Listen, I'm listening what... to more, more of your stories than no, you I'm are. No, I'm trying to mine. keep you awake, you bugger. <laughs> <laughs> this is clearly not one of your moments that rocked, but we will have you back on, you know. Yeah, I think you'll have... Yeah, you... Listen, you've got a residency on this, you know. You ha... You're the I know. Actor. I mean, you know, that's the, uh, the, the, the trouble with our life being also, uh, apart from music, being about friendship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When, but... you, when you're friends, uh, everything takes on a much uh, more interesting dimension. Well, we, we need, we've known each other 30-odd years, for God's sake, yeah, yeah. at least, you know, going yeah. back to, like, factory in the early days. God almighty, oh, yeah. man, we've had some right laughs. But seriously, Pete, don't you think that when you get older, do you take the time to stop back? to sit and look back and start to appreciate the things a lot more than you did at the time. Do you, you know what? I, in, I don't want to start bleating, but the, the trouble I've got with my life at the moment is because I'm still fighting with the, the others. Oh, still? Very much so, yes. Oh very God. badly. Still, you know, very difficult. The it, We've been doing it for 12 years. It's uh, It's become actually quite commonplace for me as a big part of my life it, it stops you sort of having that you know that rosy glow uh, about everything and also whenever they get something there's a begrudgement on my part because I don't think they deserve it because of what they did uh, and things like that so it, it makes life quite difficult you know, and I do wish, and again, you know, people are always saying to me, you've achieved so much. Why do you let that define you? But it's just part of your makeup, isn't it? You know, you and I have been there. We famously, um, you know, missed out on things, if you like, and achieved things. And yet human nature being what it is. So it's very kind of hard for me to look back at anything that New Order achieved with any kind of rosy glow because of the the pain that's still involved in the split and, you know, trying to make it fair somehow. So, yeah, I mean, it is, you know, I'm I'm my own worst enemy, I realise that. But, uh, you know, I'm from Salford and we we have that, that spirit where we keep fighting. I think they should so, have it like a, should be like a marriage band when they split. We should get alimony if you're not. Well, yeah, anymore. and I mean, and, you know, you should, there should be a prenup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. a shadow of a doubt, because, you know, I'm a great friend of mine, um, very well known in Manchester, you'll know him. Uh, he went on to manage a huge band, huge band. They were selling out, you know, stadiums when he got them. And the first thing he did when uh, they had their, you know, first working meeting, uh, when they decided to work together, was he sat them down and said, right, what we're going to do is figure out what's going to happen when it all goes wrong. And, of course, at that point, they were all the best of friends and they were all poo-pooing and really offended that he thought it could go wrong. And he said, believe you me, you figure it out now while you're all friends and it'll be a damn sight easier when you're not. And it's absolutely true. The business itself, from our point of view, is actually quite good-natured, I think, because people like me and you were all in it to enjoy this wonderful world that we managed to drag ourselves into. But, you know, when you get involved in the legal side of it, as you know, as well as I do, 
that um, the you know lawyers and things like that, and then the law when it gets involved, is is not our type, is it really? The inimitable Bista Peter Hook, formerly of, well, we all know formerly from. Um, and uh, obviously he's very open about things and it's very sad to see all those things kind of go on. But nevertheless, Peter Hook and the Light are having a great time out on the road. Peter loves playing live. He's been doing it for 50 years and um, he'll probably be doing it until he drops. Um, but it's great. I mean, the reason I'm in this, which I'm not usually in, is, like I said, to keep him awake. Because uh, when I first got onto Zoom to interview him, he was there kind of in his bed with his eyes not even half open. So I'm kind of shouting at him to, to kind of, listen, we can put this back. We don't have to do it now. We don't have to do it now. Uh, but bless him, he went with it. And uh, there's more to come after this. You're listening to me, Tony Mike this on Moments That Rock, part of the illustrious Pantheon group of podcasts. Plenty more music podcasts on here. It's absolutely a superb place to be, and I'm thrilled to be here. Stay tuned and come back for more Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Of the great man. You're listening to Moments That Rock, part of the Pantheon Group of Podcasts. And today's guest for the whole show is Peter Hook from Peter Hook and the Light. So here's more. Right. 
my last music book that I just finished was Jimi Hendrix's. Uh, very good book, actually, Are You Experienced? And uh, the one before that was John Inswistle's, which was, oh, my God, that was an awful read. That yeah. made me want to read another music book, that one. Uh, but I read Hendrix's because I love him. And uh, to to realise that Jimi Hendrix went through the same thing that most of us have gone through is just heartbreaking, you know. Well, I Bowie, mean, Bowie, oh, and Bowie yeah. when, he, when he had all the success, you know, he was living mm. in a... He was four months behind in his rent and stuff, and he was being ripped yeah, off. No, by, yeah. I mean, the sad and, thing is, even the... I mean, Leonard Cohen, until Hallelujah came out, yeah, his accountant yeah. had ripped him off and stuff. And, and all it's, of it, us, yeah. It's really yet, sad because it's like any industry yeah. that potentially attracts a lot of money attracts the greeds. So every yeah. single person who's like an asshole Can congregates and they move around and no disrespect, but there's always another mug around the corner who they can rip off, you yeah. know. And it's, um, it's always that odd thing in it that we deal in joy. You know, we mm. deal in a lot of joy, no, no pun intended. And, um, you know, those wonderful gigs that you do when everyone goes wild. In a lot of ways, it's what makes life worth living. So anyway, my answer to your question is, is, is that a lot of my rosy moments are um, shadowed. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping that someday, someday soon, that that, that shadow will lift. But um, there's no, uh, no sign of the sun breaking through yet, shall we say. Mm. But yeah, you are right. We've achieved a hell of a lot. And but me you, and you, the... the fact that we're still here, mate, well, I, I said this to you last time we spoke, and, you know, um, that's that's on Moments That Rock as well in one of the early editions and stuff. But the thing is, you know, it, it tarnishes the legacy because the thing is New Order and Joy Division were so influential for people picking up instruments and, you know, you should be proud yeah, of that. even now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And those things don't go away. And there's, there's plenty of bands that have been successful, but they don't kind of leave a legacy and inspire others and things. And I look back on the fact that, you know, people like Bowie that have gone and stuff, but even like every day it's, you know, Tom Petty and, you know, these people won't kind of be replaced, you know? So in a way it's a shame because I mean, you know, if you bands do split up and that's what I love about Zeppelin, you know, without John Bonham, there was no, you know, and I always thought new, new order without Peter Rook doesn't make any sense to me, you know, because, um, you were the only one that was the focal point on stage anyway. Um, the music was great and stuff, but you grow up together and stuff. And, yeah, you're going to have little tiffs. But, I mean, you spend more time together than you do when you're married because you're with them 24-7. Yeah, yeah, you do. And it is it is, it is very sad, actually, that, that it's come to that. But, you know, that's just the reality. And the thing is, is, is that most people will never ever get to know the pain and the agony that you go through and i've talked to a lot of musicians because they've been in the same position as we have and yeah you know it's actually quite normal for for the business but we all hide it don't we yeah you know we i got criticized uh during the court case um for telling people because I've, I've been too open about what i was going through and yet that's really weird because in this day and age, that's supposed to be one of our redeeming factors, isn't it? That we can um, share our problems and help, you know, each other through that way. But yeah, it's really weird. It's like, you know, people used to think that we all lived above the hacienda and like Morecambe and Wise, we all shared a bed, <laughs> you know, like that thing. And we love each other uh, beyond compare. Uh, and most of it is just a fucking ridiculous pretense. But yeah, it, it's it's weird. It's it's the strangest thing. I mean, 
uh, my son, you know, is playing tonight. Yeah, yeah. Bass player with the Smashing Pumpkins. And he's actually playing with us uh, first. Excellent. And then going off to play with the Smashing Pumpkins. And I hadn't been bothered. I was really annoyed about my gear not turning up yesterday. But um, I, I haven't been nervous. Uh, and then he sent me a picture of the auditorium. And it's huge. So this is where playing tonight? Yeah. Amazing. 60,000 people sold out. Fantastic. Absolutely huge. And Billy's done something really wacky, which I think is actually quite very interesting. He's got wrestling matches on throughout the day because he's a massive wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. You know, Billy Corgan, who'd have thought that? I got the shock of my life when I found that. (laughs) So not only are the bands playing, but they've also got these wrestlers, which are American wrestlers versus Mexican wrestling. (laughs) Uh, in in between, and I thought, how fucking great is that? It's just like that's what a gig should be, shouldn't well, it? Well, you, you know? should get you should get on stage with them and pretend you're just wrestling with your old bandmates. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would win? You. Hey. <laughs> You'd stop at nothing. End of the, no, well, that's not that's not the end of the round. No, we've still got more time left. I know. I know. Going back though, I must say, I must. What what I meant to say to you is that. Joy Division and New Order hold a very important part in Manchester's history. Absolutely. But also, it cannot be downplayed, the the big part that Factory Records and its attitude and its persona played on us as well. You know, it was reflected back. And also the Hacienda. You know, the attitude and the um, the way it changed culture, music, fashion, clubbing, you know, Factory and the Hacienda, in my mind, are just as important as Joy Division and New Order in that story. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting... Um, you you know, Rob Gretton always used to say to me, um, you can't buy a legacy like ours. You can't buy it. And I always used to say, fucking hell, Rob, you had a good go. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> My God, we lost some fucking money. Nobody knows where it went. Yeah. It, just, it just makes me laugh. But yeah, so I mean, and again, you know, me and you, we're both here. We're both smiling. It's lovely but to yeah, see. But yeah, don't you think, seriously, don't you think, though, Pete, you have to laugh at, you have to laugh at these things. And the thing is, if you talk <laughs> about the, the frustration and the anger that's, you know, not being able to sort this out, that's your way of releasing, going off your face and, and just going berserk about it because it's like an yeah. exorcism, you know. Yeah, so I, I think mean, you should talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is true. And especially, you know, because I'm an I'm alcoholic, um, I, I do have to be careful so that I don't get tempted to. I think you've done great. First time yeah, I saw I, you. I, mean, hey, listen, if, I was gonna say, if I was going to say it myself, mate, uh, con- considering how bad we all used to be, um, I have done pretty well. <laughs> no, I think Again, it's great it's because hard you... work. It was hard work. Yeah, you see, buddy. that's that's what that's what the beauty of people like Bowie is. You know, when that whole Ziggy thing happened in the seventies, he became that that you know. Yeah. I mean, I was watching that Moon Age Daydream. But it, you're have you seen that that Moon Age Daydream? Have you also seen? Um, have you also seen nineteen seventy one? The the year music changed everything on Apple. It's oh, absolutely right. incredible it because it, yeah. Bowie's, you know, there's a program on him, and it's and, and one of his quotes is 1971 was the year we were creating the 21st century, and he was so right. Absolutely, he true. saw the I mean, internet coming. God. If he was running a record company, 
yeah. we wouldn't be in the mess we are now because he mm. would have embraced Napster and said, let's have lunch instead of closing them down. It reminded me of the pirates, you know, when they, oh, we'll close them down and they'll go away. No, they won't. Genius and... songwriter. I mean, the Mick Ronson documentary is brilliant. Oh, that is very funny. It's just a Mick Ronson documentary. But but it's it's really good, really really good. You know he he sort of he's sort of very anti mystery. Yeah, he was gone far too soon. He was just amazing. Yeah. That oh, was God, the first yeah. that was the first time I saw Tony Wilson at the um at the Hard Rock in Manchester when uh, the, the Ziggy tour, and then Bob Marley. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I mean, I'm Ziggy tour. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I turned down the opportunity to see him when he did two nights at the Free Trade Hall. It was unbelievable. Yeah, my ex-girlfriend had bought the tickets for us when we were together. And I think out of a misguided sense of loyalty, she must have, she phoned me up and said, do you want to come? Because the tickets are mine and yours. And I just went, no, no, not coming. No, no. You know, as you do when you're uh, 15 or 16. And then after that, when it went down in folklore, that yeah. you know, today and that gig at the lesser, at the free trade hall, uh, oh man, I've been kicking myself. Uh, I tell you what, seen... though, you've probably played with a lot of people and 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 met them and things. But I, I would imagine for a full time touring artist like you've always been, there must be times when people were playing in your hometown and you were on the other side of the world playing, and you think, God, well, I would have yeah, liked I mean, to have gone to that. God, I mean, the one, yeah, I mean, and it's funny they stick in the mind, you know, that your mind, the ones that you miss, like Lou Reed, he did Berlin in full wow. at the uh, Palace. And I, I was lo- so looking forward to it. And then I got a gig that I couldn't say no to. And I missed that. And then shortly afterwards, he died. Uh, that is one of my, again, you know, one of those bad things that you miss. But again, you see, it's like northerners. We always dwell on the things, the negatives. Again, my wife is always telling me off for it, you know, for not going with the positives. But it's just, uh, it's I don't sto- think you're negative. Stoic I mean, nature. Yeah, you probably spent too much time with her in the pandemic. Now you were back out on the road. <laughs> Do you know what? We got on great in the pandemic. I was so, so happy. Well, me and Mary did as well. It's I mean, we good. honestly, when we sat there, when it happened, and she was looking at me and I was looking at her and we were going like, oh, my God. You know, I've been away for you know 24 years or something on the truck. And then all of a sudden you're thrown together. But it was absolutely wonderful. We had a yeah. really good time. And again... How weird that in our lifetime that you would go through something like that. Uh, you could never see that coming. And I don't think it'd ever happen again, would it? No, but that's a real credit to you because the thing is, I heard a lot about domestic violence and everything going up in the UK and stuff. Because all of a sudden, you know, the, you're a couple and then one goes to work and the other's bringing up yeah, the kids or they go at their job. And then all of a sudden you're full on. Well, you can't do anything about it. And I think it, in, certainly in corporate American places, the two buzz things that pandemic are persistence and resilience. The fact that you really have to keep it together because it's out of yeah. your control. So yeah. I think, you know, it's a life lesson and everything. Not that you'd wish it on everybody. I mean, it's, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things. Do you know I share a birthday with Donald Trump? Oh, my God. <laughs> the same day. I've got Peter Gabriel and Robbie Williams. Oh, no. Are they on the same uh, day? Oliver Reed. Yeah, and incredibly, my manager now, Pete Byrne, who manages the Bunnymen, oh, uh, right. he's the same day as me as well, yeah. Has he always managed the Bunnymen? Um, for a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Occupy management, yeah, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. It really, honestly, mate, um, I, I, there's, there's very few people and that I could be 
completely positive about in this business, but he is one of them. He's, he's an absolute diamond. He's been the best thing, as uh, you know, me and Becky always say to each other, he's the best thing that ever happened to us, uh, without a shadow of a well, doubt. there you go. There's one of your wow, moments that really? rocked. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's <laughs> funny that he, I'm, you know, I'm with him all the time, and I, and you never think about that, which is typical, isn't it? But I suppose in an odd way, if you're going to look it on that one, it's like playing with Potsy tonight. You know, uh, I met Potsy when he was 16 when he came to work at Sweet 16 Recording Studio. Yeah. In uh, he joined Revenge as the bass player, I know and became well. the guitarist in Monaco, and my um, my co-writer. Uh, and he's still here. And I actually worked out the other day that I've been with Potsy longer than I was with Barney. Really? Yeah, how weird oh is that? God, that's amazing. Know, that's really weird. Well, so, yeah, seem, that's another big plus. You, you know, seem to have I, a happy unit, though. I mean, the thing is, you, 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 you know, the thing is with you is, is you, considering what happened in the pandemic, when, when your entire life has been touring, I mean, mm-hmm. for you to be able to handle it the way you did, I mean, I think you need to pat yourself on the shoulder there, you know. Well, I mean, do you know what? I went to get a new car the other day, which was quite weird. Nice, nice car. But um, I, I got a loan. Funnily enough, I got a loan off Richard Branson. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it's about time he gave me some money back for ripping us off on the last days of the electric circus, the bastard. So uh, I borrowed the money from Virgin uh, Money, and it's really difficult to get now. Bloody money's really difficult to borrow in England. <laughs> Fucking hell. They were after the ins and outs of the cat's arsehole. And then the guy came on to me. He said, you've got to send me your three limited companies, your three-year accounts, you know, so we can look at yeah. it. So I sent him my three-year accounts, and he came on, and he went, um... Oh, he said, we've got a slight problem here. He said, your accounts for 90, for 2021 are very low. He said, what what happened? Uh, I said, well, I don't know if you've heard of fucking COVID, mate. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but anyway, thank you, Richard. I I, I did get the loan and um, I'm very happy with my new car. But when are you, um, are you going back home for a bit again? Or are you, are you going... Mate, well, I, I I only came here on Friday. Uh, when did we get here? God, Friday night we arrived. <laughs> so you're just we're coming out for this one gig, are you? Yeah, we're doing the gig today, and then we go back tomorrow, and I get back to England on Monday night. So by that time, it'll be like someone's opened my head up and stirred me brains up. Oh, and I thought. Um, so yeah, we're up. We're home, and then I'm doing uh, in April. We're doing a series of concerts in uh, Manchester. We've got three nights at the Albert Hall. Uh, we're doing Unknown Pleasures versus Movement the first night. We're doing Closer versus Power Corruption and Lies the second night, and then the third night is Joy Division Substance versus New Order Substance. Plus all the singles um, and you know the bits in between. So we're getting ready for that because we've never played that many LPs. We've played three over three nights but we've never done six lps before plus all the a's and b sides because the weird thing about obviously new order and joy division was was that the singles weren't on the lps yeah. so you don't even get a moment off apart from substance but it's all the singles so yes yeah, so we've got to learn them all um and get them all going so it's quite a big job that we're doing at the moment but as you said uh because we're such a a a, a great unit together um i suppose the thing is is that we we play very well and in my opinion um i think the lads actually play them better in many ways than joy division or new order i you mean know, it, was, it was it was it was 
a hell of a thing to take on. You know, to start playing the records was specifically so that I didn't have to copy the group that I wanted to, because records are different to groups. It's obvious. Mm. Um, Joy Division records were very different to Joy Division as a live group. So to play the uh, the LPs was the way out of that. You know, I found a, a gimmick, if you like, thanks to Bobby Gillespie, to to get out of that. So you, you're you're playing the songs in a different way. You're also using a lot of the layering that you'd use in the studio, whereas you wouldn't use that layering if you were playing live. Joy Division live were much edgier than um, Joy Division on record. So, yeah, so you've got to um, emulate, shall we say, um, something that you've spent a lot of time on, a lot of time getting right. But it is superbly enjoyable, I have to say. And Becky paid me probably one of the greatest compliments I've ever had. She said to me that ever since I started playing with Peter Rock and the Light, every time I come home from a gig, I've got a big smile on my face. That, that's the weird irony, though, isn't it? That well, I loved it here. What well, you know, you were happy playing here and everything, and so you better come oh, back. Right. It's, oh fucking hell! There's some people that have to work for a living, don't they? I know. Yeah. Yeah. My my premise is, if I enjoy hearing the stories, why wouldn't other people? You know, this is the most I've ever talked on one of my own podcasts. But I also <laughs> want to do something where I'm talking to people about, you know, how do you feel the industry's changed, so you can do your bit about putting something back. So. You know, you'll be back on this. Don't worry. You don't get away that easy. Listen, keep in touch because I'll, I'll, we'll you do. know, and um, we'll, we'll do, we'll can have a chat sometime when you're off, you know. It'd be lovely, mate. And I can't wait to see you. God bless, Huggy. Me too, but mate. And thanks a lot. And I didn't oh, you're welcome. You it's a bloody pleasure. You know that. Yeah. God bless you. Take care, mate. Enjoy. <laughs> Have you, oh, you're to sleep now. <laughs> Love it. He's falling asleep. <laughs> Well, thank you, Peter Rook. It's uh, I'd get him to say goodbye, but he's uh, he's obviously crashed out. You've been listening to Peter Hook on Moments That Rock, part of the Pantheon Group of podcasts. Yep, a departing link like no other. <laughs> Not often people fall asleep on you, but if you listen to the whole thing, and if you didn't go back and listen to it, um, absolutely great. As Hooky said, he was preparing to play to 60,000 people, knowing that his gear was on the tarmac some uh, 4,000 miles away in England. Oh dear, never mind. Life of a rock and roller. Uh, like I said, you've been listening to Moments That Rock with me, Tony Michaelidis. Uh, if you liked it, then subscribe. Come back for more. Like it. Do whatever you do. It's available on wherever you source your podcast. I'm going. See you next week. Bye-bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 